0: Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Tasmania Talks, Vet Corner. And the owner and vet at Pets Life Veterinary Care, the lovely Dr. Jen Griffiths. Jen, good morning. Thanks for your time. No worries, Mike. Good to see you again. And uh, today we're talking about what it's like to be a vet. So, what training goes into becoming a vet, Jen?
1: Um, so, look, it. <laughs> It takes a lot of work and it is um, something that most people, when they're wanting to become vets, probably are thinking about it quite early on in their life. i myself from a very very young age is probably as early as i can remember all i ever wanted to do um so really um getting through your schooling getting sure you know making sure that you get your good grades through um through to the end of school and then heading off to university so you want to be looking um, ahead what you might need what type of subjects might be important for you to get into that school um, and some of the requirements as well they like to um look at getting experience before you even enter vet school so doing some work experience at local vet clinics or uh animal shelters and Good those idea. sorts of things yeah
0: how long is the course uh, to be a vet
1: uh, so most courses are between five and six years so mine was six and um, some are five and uh, it just depends on which university you attend and, and obviously which country as well so yeah
0: jen is it hard to get into um yeah
1: look at uh, yeah, it is, and it was probably one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. And you know, it's hugely rewarding. It was a huge challenge, and I remember going through school, and you know, teachers saying, "Look, it's too hard. You know, just maybe focus on something else, and you know, and um, work something, worked towards something else that might be a bit easier." I I just didn't want to do that. I always knew what I wanted to do. So I I worked incredibly hard to get in and put a lot of my life into doing this. And, you know, it it paid off. And, and, you know, now I'm here doing all of this. But it certainly is something that uh, I think when you want to enter this profession, there's lots of things I think you need to find out before entering it, because um, there are still things just like many other jobs and many other professions, I'm sure, or across the board, mm. that people have entered that sometimes it isn't quite what you think it's going to be, um, um, and I think that's really important.
0: Certainly a bit different from becoming a, a human doctor. I mean, let's face it, all, the, all their patients are the same species, but yours aren't.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is true. And look, human medicine is is you know hugely complex and i you know i have such great respect for for that profession and we have i guess it's just very different for us you know our patients can't talk to us and you know we we do have lots of different animals that we need to understand and know about um but you know that's a daily challenge that we you know embrace and it's you know it's that's why we do it that's why we 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 started doing it in the first place
0: obviously quite worthwhile though
1: very worthwhile it's been a there are days that are absolutely you know you you have those days where things don't work out you know you might lose that you know patient that you've done so much work with and um you know when you can't save that patient it's heartbreaking um it's hugely rewarding for the most part and it is you know it gives you a challenge that you know there are some jobs out there that don't necessarily give you that challenge every day and i think we're very lucky to be able to experience that most days
0: what does your day then entail now that you are a it? I mean, obviously long hours.
1: Yeah, that's probably something that, um, you know, I probably wasn't that aware of. I mean, you know, you sort of get a feel for it as a student. Um, but until you actually start working in your profession, I think, again, like most other people, you probably don't really get a huge understanding of it until you're there doing it. So, yes, the long hours um, is a big deal most days we're often consulting and it's you know every 15 minutes you know we're seeing a new patient a new client um so our days are filled to the brim you know we often go without lunch and things again i'm sure exactly the same in human fields and that sort of things it's you're always always busy you're doing callbacks you're looking at blood results you're doing surgery and you're consulting and every consult presents a new challenge so you're always problem solving as well um so that's in itself provides a lot of variation in it in, in just on a daily basis and then you add into that emergencies that might walk through that door you know you've got a yeah. patient who's been hit by a car or you know a snake bite or something like that So you've always got to be ready for all of that as well.
0: What's the one thing you wish someone had told you before you got into it? <laughs>
1: um, I think for me it's probably just not so much necessarily that they've told me but preparing me sometimes for the isolation that sometimes you do feel when you're there by yourself um you know you're dealing with things after hours emergencies and you're alone you're by yourself often with that patient or maybe just that client and you and the patient um you know and I think in the human field it's uh it's interesting you know they have an emergency department and you have a team around you for general practitioners day-to-day in the veterinary world that's not necessarily the case so you often are alone um, and that can sometimes be quite isolating and hard and, and quite stressful for vets mm. so I think it's really something that um I probably do want to highlight to everyone that you know that can be really difficult and stressful for vets when they are alone and dealing with you know it's often very emotional situations as well Um, and that can be you know of course very challenging.
0: Indeed I've had a couple of those myself not too happy to tell you It's very difficult Mm. but uh, a couple of weeks ago you uh, did an article in the examiner about uh, addressing dog safety which I thought was uh, something we could probably mention um, today a little bit about all dogs that can be aggressive and their owners need to be aware of the dangers
1: yeah absolutely it was a it was an article um you know when I was approached by the um the, the journalist to, to sort of to talk about it and and um, I think probably the main thing that we were trying to sort of um discuss was a uh, you know a particular situation with uh, a child and a dog but you know overall um we have to understand that every dog has the potential to And that's Mm. not because they're necessarily aggressive or that they, you know, are are meaning to do that. But if they're in a situation where they're very fearful... Very stressed. That's their way of telling us that they're not happy and they're really, you know, very stressed out. And um, obviously, we always want it um, to never get to that point. So we need to read the signs very, very carefully to ensure that nobody is bitten or no other dog is bitten. And, and just recently, we've had quite a few, a lot of my own um, patients. Actually, we've had, you know, a small handful actually that have just um, been attacked by other dogs. Even so, it's it happens. It's possible, and we need to be very, very aware of that because it can be sometimes it can
0: be fatal for you know mm. and children dreadful i know that uh, you've written the article obvious indicators of discomfort such as growling must be monitored as well as more subtle signs such as ears being low and flat against the head tails not wagging and wide-eyed stares interesting
1: yeah, absolutely and and I think reading those signs and, and understanding that and not necessarily suppressing that from the dog because if, if a dog growls, they're giving you a warning sign before they bite. We want them to tell us if they're unhappy and if that's their way of doing that rather than just suddenly jumping to biting, um, that's really important to take mm. that on board because your dog is saying, look I'm a little bit worried, I'm not that comfortable with this situation so then we need to actually sort of back off and, and not, not keep um, stressing them because it could result in something way more serious.
0: I know uh, in this article you recommended dog-owning parents. Read Tell Your Dog You're Pregnant by Dr Lewis Kirkham. Also suggested people visit all the Ws, wearefamily.vic.gov.au for more info, and dog owners can also visit animalbehaviouraustralia.com for more information. So there's a bit of information there.
1: There's so much out there, and particularly if you are introducing a dog um, to a family or even a baby to your dog in the family, um, that can really help because then it just makes that situation so much happier and you're not having to be so stressed about, you know, things going wrong. So it's really good just to do that preliminary reading and just feel prepared for all of those situations that might arise.
0: Oh, good call. Jen, good to talk to you again. Dr. Jen Griffiths, owner and vet at Pets Life Veterinary Care. Thank you. Look forward to having a chat next week. No worries. See you then. Thank you so much, Jen. Appreciate it. It's Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.